Hello, colleagues. Hello, friends. And welcome to The Corporation, the podcast that's too fun to fail. This is the show where I speak to employees of Hogswood Cooper Media, the worldwide conglomerate that owns everything from factory farms to news networks. Each episode, I strive to learn about and celebrate the folks who work for the many subsidiaries of this remarkable company. I'm your host, Dean Ardenfell, and I'm required to state that I am not employed by Hogswood Cooper. But boy, am I a fan, and I think you're going to be too. So let's get into it, shall we? My first guest is a regional sales liaison at Remainder Ammunition and Garnered Equipment, or RAGE. In that role, he works to bring unused military weaponry, ammunition, and heavy armory equipment to underfunded police departments all over America. When he's not playing matchmaker between the Army and the cops, he can be found selling patriotic airbrushed tapestries at his local flea market. Please welcome Davey Ray Briggs. Davey Ray, how's it going? Uh, you know, it's been better, bro. Uh, right before you started talking to me, I burped so hard my teeth hurt. Wow. And that's a good thing or a bad thing? It was good. That one's been cooking for a bit, so I'm ready. Okay, you're ready to rock. Uh, yeah. That's fantastic. Bro. Now, your whole thing is uh, you interface with the military and then you get them to donate un- uh, unused like weaponry to police departments, right? That's my whole thing. Wow, wow. My whole thing. I was born in Potsdam, New York. My first word was get him. One word. Get him. One mm-hmm. word. Just wow. directed in general. So really, that's an aggressive does, kid. Does being born in Potsdam have something to do with the aggressive nature of your childhood? <laughs> you take a trip to Potsdam and you tell me. <laughs> I will take a I will take a peek at it and see uh, and see what it's like. But um, and I'm sure at that point I'll understand it better. Uh, so I, I mean, what's incredible to me is like you've managed to carve out uh, you know a job. Uh, your company has managed to carve out a job, even yeah, though bro. previously the military was just donating this stuff to the police departments. Yep. Um, and now you've kind of weaseled your way in there and kind of now you're a liaison where you take a small cut and you you can kind of like monetize that uh, th- that transaction a little bit, right? Yeah. Honestly, there are three words you used that I loved. Mm. Uh, you said carve, you said weasel, and you said cut. Sure. Uh, yeah. And we the the military was just donating these things and I said no. Uh yeah. there's a pocket for profit here. So I carved, weaseled sure. and cut my way into pocket this realm. I like that. I uh, use that. Yeah, most people do. I'm a salesman. People yeah. like what I have to say. Am I aggressive? Yeah. Am I abrasive? Yeah, but I get the job done. I'm a Brillo pad. Sure. I'm America's Brillo pad. Wow. And this place needs to be scrubbed. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can only imagine that like your kind of sales tactics must work wonders with law enforcement and the military. Like, it, it would be hard for me to imagine you walking into, you know, sell Mary Kay makeup and saying, "I just burped real hard." But I'm sure that the the sort of manly men you're dealing with every day appreciate your your straightforwardness. Yeah, it's crazy because these dudes are all. I say dudes plural, but it's really dude because it's all the same guy. Okay. Right. Like it's, one on both sides, basically. Mm-hmm. It's always a, a chief of police. Yeah. It's always whoever you're getting the armor armament from. Yeah, but it's a chief of police, and it's it's you know basically GI Joe, right? Sure. General issue army person. Is that which, what? Is that what GI is? I actually for general believe issue? that might be. Wow. What GI is. I'm wow. glad we could all do that together. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same. It's all the same. Everywhere you go, people want to know who we are. So I tell them, I'm going to give you guns. Sure. Uh, a lot of people say that like uh, like a police force that's responsible for a town of like, say, 10,000 people doesn't need armored tanks and missile launchers and riot gear. Uh, but you say it makes everybody safer. I'd say it makes everyone safer 
everyone being the people who are putting money in my pockets. So there's okay. most words I say if I were to write them down would have an asterisk beside them. Sure. Right. Everything I say has another meaning. Okay. Meaning asterisks. I have no morals. <laughs> Whoever gives me money can have the guns. Oh, really? So you've just you've just identified law enforcement as the primary uh, sort of the primary customer for the this weaponry. Oh yeah. Have you? I hate to even ask this because I'm a little afraid of the answer from somebody who said they just had no morals. Um, have you ever set, sold the military's equipment to other customers? And if so, who? Um, you know, I keep thinking that I'm getting other customers, but then it just so like sometimes hate groups will hit me up. And I'm like, okay. And then I meet with them and I'm like, oh, Chief Buckster from the police department, uh, you're in this group. They're Zeus. already your customers. It's just cops. Co- it's just more cops. It's gotcha. just always more cops. Sometimes uh, they're wearing a different hat. Sure. I don't judge, but I, I wish I could tell you that my customer portfolio was diverse. But I'm every time hmm. I think I get a new customer, it just turns out to be the cops. I shouldn't be suggesting this but maybe you should start going overseas and maybe see if you can pick up you know some customers over there well see what the crazy thing is cops from other countries also love to buy these guns yeah, uh, the right. police are bad in a lot of places bad asterisks here meaning good for business yeah, for me sure right gotcha yeah. gotcha the military is just giving you these weapons, essentially, and then it's up to you to, to allocate them however you see fit. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting concept because what they would do is just kind of dump the guns somewhere, sure. the weapons. Uh, it, it's A lot of times it's the B weapons, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so like when uh, when a team wins the Super Bowl yeah. uh, and the they, they make T-shirts for both teams. Right. And when one team loses, they take the T-shirts of the team that lost that say Super Bowl champion. They didn't win them. They give them to, uh, they just drop them off. They airdrop them in some country, right? That's right. what they were doing with the guns too. Wow. And no one likes to talk about it, but boy, you stick your head into some of these countries and you might not be able to pull it back out because of the guns. Wow. And wow. so I took them. And sure. I said, "Well, don't drop them there. Drop them here. Uh, I'm gonna make a little make a little paper yeah. off of this because I'm aggressive." I mean, that makes sense. I would imagine, uh, you know, guns sell everywhere, right? They sell everywhere. I mean, they're really they're the Justin Bieber of death. What? Everyone, Justin Bieber. There's of something death. for everyone. I only partly understood that. So, what would you say to someone who like who says like the overmilitarization of America has just gotten way out of control, and that like this high-tech killing equipment never should have existed in the first place, and it's just like the relationship between like the military-industrial complex and corrupt politicians that keeps like this war machine running at full tilt indefinitely. What do you, what do you say to people who say that? Usually when people say that to me verbatim, I say, whoa, slow down. Mm. <laughs> okay, I can't hear you over the sound of my third breakfast, Dr. Pepper. Why are we starting with this? <laughs> Wow. Uh, And then, you know, I break it down bit by bit. I say, you know, bro, the country you know is a myth. The country Mm. I know is what's real. And that's that's money. And it's it's carving. It's weasels. It's the dirtbag states of America. Okay, I mean, that's it, real life. It seems as though, like, when I posit some kind of moral quandary to you, uh, your answer like has something to do with like soda and mm. money. Like, it, pr- pretty much, you're sw- sweeping any kind of 
concerns about morality off the table in favor of look uh, I got to have my sodas and I and I got to make my money mm-hmm. um, which I mean in some ways that's a real like clear way to live right oh it's I mean it's easy peasy lemon squeezy for me yeah I wake up I have my breakfast sodas. Sure. I polish some guns, sell those. I make money. I use that money to buy more sodas. Wow. Circle of life, really. Circle of life. And, you know, that for me, it makes me happy. And my intent in this life is to be happy regardless of how I must accomplish that. And that's actually the Potsdam uh, pledge. Wow. You know, you say like you pledge to the United States of America in the morning. And then you also you say what I just said. This is the the pledge for the whole town of Potsdam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yep, I stand by it. <laughs> how how does the rest of the pledge go, ver- like word for word? Like, is it in your memory? Um, yeah, there's a little bit of a gurgle from it because everyone stops to have their. Oh, the breakfast soda thing is a town wide thing. Yep, Potsdam everyone here. does it at the same time. Sure. Um, and then. We uh, we just kind of look up in the sky and we say we will not go to St. Lawrence University and I, that that one I don't really follow. Uh, okay, but see, it's that's incredible. Like I is it? Yeah, because <laughs> even the pledge sounded like you were avoiding answering the question. Hey, I'm a product of my environment. Wow. I mean, did you go to SUNY Potsdam? Yep. I bet I bet you were a Bowman man. I bet that was your dorm. Um, so. <laughs> You know, a lot of people are calling to defund the police right now, but, you know, they're getting a pretty good price on this because you're getting it for free and you're selling it to them for uh, next to nothing. So it seems like even if their budgets get cut, they're going to have, you know, just all the weaponry of a military operation, no matter how small the police force or how much uh, oh, it's yeah. defunded, right? That's that's the bad news for a lot of people. Bad news, asterisks, good news for Davy Ray Briggs. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Good news here. Uh, I'm selling these things for for nothing. You know how you can go to the store, and if you buy premium boneless chicken breasts, that's like kind of expensive. But you can just buy a whole chicken for a lot less. Sure, yeah. And you just got to take the bones out yourself. I don't even know what some of these things do, right? But I'm able right. to mark it way down because I'm not. There's no overhead. I don't have to do anything. Sure. So basically, even if they're losing their budget and they can't buy my Tyson. Mm. They can still get my generic, generic, yeah. great value sure. bone in. <laughs> Bo- a tank with bones in it, if that makes sense. Bone in chicken. Yep. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Um, you get to decide like which equipment you sell to which PDs. If you could desi- design your own police department, like what would that look like? Uh, I would say I would probably start with a laser moat out front. Wow. So it's a it's a modern take on a classic, right? Sure. Uh, so it's a moat, but instead of being filled with water, um, there's just hundreds of millions of lasers. Uh, wow. And you fall in, you get immediately diced up. Yeah. Uh, super painful, though. Super, you Is that feel technology it. that actually exists? I would say the technology does exist. It just maybe has <laughs> has not been used in this way. So you're innovating on some of the products that you're... It's incredible because you really have like almost no interest in knowing the technical specifications of the products that you're selling or mm-hmm. even who you're selling them to. Nope. And yet you're taking some of this technology in your own mind and, and sort of getting creative with what you would like to do with it all. Yeah. I'm just having a little fun with it. Oh, you just opened another soda there. Okay. 
Great. Um, well, folks, my second guest today will serve you a sex on the beach with a smile, and you'll see it because he's not wearing a mask. But before we get to that, let's pause and hear a quick word from our sponsor. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 2020 has been a dumpster fire. I'm Lori. And I'm Natalie. And together, we are the foremothers of Butt Canyon, a self-sufficient utopia to clean the slate and start again. But we can't let just anyone in. Yeah, like, what if you're annoying? So, every week, we'll interview potential residents to see what they can bring to Butt Canyon. You can listen to Settlers wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh my god, that sounded so official. Nailed it! And we're back. We've been talking with Davy Ray Briggs from Remainder Ammunition and Garnered Equipment, or Rage. And now I'm going to bring my second guest into the conversation, who works for a totally different subsidiary of Hogswood Cooper. He's the floor manager of the Fort Lauderdale branch of Upchuck's Downtown, a chain of nautical-themed bar restaurants with 15 locations throughout southern Florida. Upchuck's corporate management has come under public criticism of late for refusing to close any of its restaurants during the pandemic, a move my guest says he vigorously supports. On weekends, he combs the beaches with his metal detector looking for Spanish gold. Please welcome Victor Vic Shornfloak. What's up? What's up? What's hello. up? Hello, uh, Vic. It's nice to have you here. Um, it's great to be here. So famously, your corporate management uh, refused to close during the pandemic, and you've been open throughout March, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and beyond. Oh, yeah. And you say you support that. Oh, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Is that because you're making money, or is that because you're... I mean, I make money no matter what, Dean. That's not Do even you? a problem here. It's not? No. Uh, so what why what makes you so so supportive of your corporate parent for keeping you guys open during the pandemic? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. They tried to close us down during mm. the pandemic. They said there's an infectious disease. Yeah. You can't be open. This is gonna you're gonna get a lot of people sick. And I said, then why do they have roller coasters, bro? Because people are gonna go on the roller coasters even though they're probably gonna die. That's what I said. So I said, oh, interesting. Opened a restaurant. People might die, but they're going to have a baller time doing it. All right. So you see the kind of risk people are taking by going into a restaurant and risking a a deadly disease as comparable to the risk of getting killed on a roller coaster. Absolutely. Honestly, we we hiked up those prices so hard because now it's like it's like skydiving now. It's like. Oh, interesting. Risk factor makes it. So you're getting you're getting thrill seekers coming in. Absolutely. Wow. And what do they generally say to you when they come in and they're looking for a, a, like a thrill, a thrilling night out? They said, do I still have to wear shoes? And I said, wow. I said, no. Yeah. Are you so are you stripping away some of the other regulations that restaurants might have? Well, yeah, because I mean, people are, people are coming in because they're looking to have a freaking good time now. Yeah. They're not coming in for the burgers anymore. You know, Okay. they're coming in. They're coming in to touch people. <laughs> wow. Really? So, so you, so you, most of your clientele is just straight up coming in to take the risk of possibly getting sick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We get Governor DeSantis in every weekend. He loves it. Interesting. See, that's such an interesting way of looking at it. I, I guess I never thought of it that way. Like, if I jumped out of a plane, of course, I part of the excitement is that I might die. Yeah, that's why people are coming in. And it's even more exciting because they might kill other people too. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So I'm trying to think of a an, an analog for that. Like if I were going skydiving, but like I pu- pulled somebody else out with me, I guess. I, guess I mean, tandem, that's, right? I feel like a skydiving instructor, you know, they like yeah. strap people to him. I could kill you. Yeah. Speaking Maybe. of being strapped to people, I know that, you know, 
you know, I've been in and uh, and ordered some ordered a, a nice uh, margarita at the bar, and uh, it was just it seemed like your servers were deliberately trying to get close to people's faces. Is that something that the customers are asking for? Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's a slow day, if we don't get a lot of customers, we just move all the tables in right next to each other. You wow. know, we just get everybody in real close because yeah. it's not fun if you can't touch people. Sure. Right. Yeah. And you're doing like, I mean, I've noticed you're holding all sorts of fun events, like you're holding mud wrestling events. What happens then when like if somebody comes into your restaurant wearing a mask, like what would you tell that person? Well, I tell them, are you are you here for the burgers then? Because I don't know. I mean, the burgers are all right, you know? They're not, they're not that good. Okay. People aren't coming in for the burgers anymore. They're you're coming really, in. You're really leaning say, into this thing, huh? Screw you, government. You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to touch people if I want. I can kill people if I want. <laughs> you can kill people if you want. So you, this really feels like the Wild West. Yeah. Like, like, have you had any blowback from... I know it's Florida, so... You know, things are a little more uh, loose there in terms of the, the regulations. But have you had, had any blowback from state government or anything? Nah, actually, we're being congratulated really? right now. Really? Okay. Yeah, we were. They were, tra- they were talking about, like, flatten the curve or whatever. But they told us that we were actually ahead of the curve. We were, like, wow. outrunning the disease or whatever. I was like, okay, I'll slow down. It's out, not fun. Out, <laughs> outrunning the disease? Yeah. They said, you guys, you guys were... The, you know, freaking first people to stay open, say screw you to us. And Floridians, they love that. They love they love to fight. They love to touch. Yeah, they love to. I mean, when I think of Floridians, I think fight and touch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So of course, you know, we stay open, and they're like, "Wow, this is so inspiring. Let's just open up Universal again." Wow. That's us. That's Upchuck's work right there. Upchuck's setting the setting the. Yeah, we're setting standard. the bar. Yeah. Wow, incredible. I mean, I, and I'm sure. Governor DeSantis and, uh, you know, parents who are like finally able to send their kids back to school and everybody is probably pretty grateful, you know, all from a burger restaurant with, uh, you know, ship wheels on the walls. Yeah. I mean, you know, when the kids couldn't go to school last last semester, the parents would often just send them up to Upchucks. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And say, go go touch the other kids. <laughs> so they're just ki- parents are just sending their kids to Upchucks to like touch each other then? Oh, yeah. They said, you know... You gotta build your immunity or whatever. Go pick your nose. Go yeah. touch your friends. Yeah, it's interesting. It really does feel like you know we've stopped talking as a nation about um, what's that thing that happens when you get everybody together and they get immunity together, herd immunity. You know, like let's get everybody sick with this disease. Sure, you know, five percent of them will die, but like then we'll all be immune, right? Possibly, even though potentially people can get it more than once if six months have passed, the research is finding. I mean, I guess. I mean, we're all like so tired of it. We're so tired of like having to sacrifice for each other that why don't we just all get each other sick and then we can move on, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if God wants you to die, then you're probably going to die. But at Upchucks, you're going to have a great time doing it. I didn't even think about the, you know, the sort of spiritual aspect of it. You know, like if God wants you to die, you'll die. But I mean... You Nobody really, really knows for sure. That's I, part of it's part of the thrill. You know what I'm saying? If I could just backtrack a minute, you seem like you really uh, care very little about the burgers at this restaurant. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it, did you had had you ever been proud of the burgers? And have you uh, has the quality gone down, or are you just not interested in the food anymore? I think the food is about the same. Hmm. I don't really care about it, honestly. Before the pandemic, I was just kind of floating along. You hmm. know, I was adrift. I didn't really have any purpose. I was just a manager at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But now it's like 
I'm a skydiving instructor. Yeah, you're you like know? a folk. I'm a, I'm a, a folk mud hero. wrestling coach. Like a folk hero in yeah. uh, your own community. Huh? I'm I'm a pillar of my community now. Wow. I make sure everybody has a lot of fun before they die. Fun before you die. It seems like that would be a, a pretty good marketing slogan, huh? Yeah. Um, Davy Davy Ray, how you doing over there? Honestly, mesmerized. Uh, it's a it's an honor to. It, feel, uh, it feels like this might be the kind of place that you might have a few beers at. Oh, or maybe so, maybe <laughs> a soda, maybe a soda or two. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Upchucks. My oh, wow. favorite thing is, uh, you know, it'd been a while since I had touched or been touched. Mm. I went to Upchucks. I mean, I open mouth kissed nine people before I had my first Dr Pepper. Wow. I wow. mean, I got sick three times before I left. Three got times. Sick, got better. Got sick. Got better. I remember. I remember that day. I remember you coming in. Man. I was like, man, that guy looks angry. Mm. I was so pissed. And then I was like, you know, we do a little upcharge if you want. If you're feeling like a real thrill, I'll spit in your drink for an extra $2. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Vic spit in my drink and I said, bro, I'm going to chug this and you better break this glass over the side of my head. And he did. And they, I died. I actually died wow. uh, because the glass, some got into my ear. Uh, made its way to my brain. Mm. I died. They brought me back to life, spit in my mouth. That's when I got sick for the third time. Wow. And I just thought, this is how we do it. R.I.P. Montel Jordan. I don't know if he's, I think he's alive actually. But Wow. Do you have medical staff on? Has anyone ever di- died besides Davy Ray? Nah, no medical staff. That is. So when he says he, that you brought him back from death, how did you do that? Well, I didn't really, I didn't really have a lot to do with it. You know, he fell and I was like, ooh. There he goes. And I'm like, I think what did it was the thrill of death, you know? Just maybe the adrenaline or whatever. Yeah. It was either the thrill of death or all of that, you know, repressed anger that he's obviously carrying around. You can feel it when you're next to him that just shoved him up from the dead. Amazing. This is why they say, you know, restaurant workers and bartenders and stuff are like psychotherapists because it feels like, feels like Vic is really getting to the bottom of something with you, Davey Ray. I've been thinking about it every day. You've been thinking about specifically about Davy Ray every, every day? day and his repressed rage mm-hmm. every day. Oh, is that funny? Your company's called Rage. Yeah, that's I funny. mean that's like I said, I'm a product of my environment, and what is around me is a product of me, and it makes sense that I'm stuck in Vic's head, like the glass that Vic broke upside my head was stuck in my brain. Wow, I mean so, it all. It's, yeah. Circle of life, circle of life, you know. Um, I want to talk about your hobbies uh, real quick here. So, um, Davey Ray, you've got these tapestries that are airbrushed. I think you maybe even uh, let people customize them, and you sell them at the uh, at the flea market, huh, on mm-hmm. weekends? Yeah, that's... That's uh, pretty cool. It's always been passion 1B for me, you know, not even number 1B, 2. 1B, wow. Guns and money are 1A, and these tapestries are 1B. I'll tell you what, no one, when I first started airbrushing, no one told me that you had to have colors or paint i heard airbrush and i was just just air i was just using air and i was like what am i doing wrong yeah uh and then one day i slipped on a bucket of paint i said let me throw a little bit of that in here wow on here and you know they really started coming together people love uh you know like an eagle uh like a bald eagle Hmm. just like ripping a pack of marble uh ultralights uh that's real patriotic people love that um yeah, a flag holding onto a gun sure, uh, yeah. with a strong white human hand, you know, of course. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm assuming you know how to airbrush a gun. You've seen enough of them, you know. Oh, yeah, I could do it with my eyes closed. 
Uh, these guns, they're, they look pretty real. They look pretty and, real. Um, who are the most of the customers who order these tapestries? Have you gone, uh, how far afield have you gone for your customer base in this uh, respect? You know what? Uh, a lot of times people come up to me, they're wearing, you know, Hawaiian shirts. Hmm. Uh, they're wearing maybe grill master sandals, that kind of thing. And I think, oh, cool, you know, diverse customer base. I get talking, talking to this guy, Sam, who's buying this gun for me. I ask him what he does. He's a, he's a cop. He turns Amazing. out to be a cop. And Amazing. I'm like, geez, I'm heckin' crow. He's like, just a cop on vacation, Just right? a cop, vacation cop, you wow. know, vacation cop. I heard he was actually on a, uh, he said he was on an unpaid vacation. Uh, he, he described it as a leave. Oh, okay. Um, but gotcha. I, we didn't get it all like, too into that. I feel that. like it's so nice, like more and more, police officers these days are getting those sorts of unpaid leaves you know mm, they're getting uh, what they deserve in a lot of ways so yeah and in some ways not in some ways not um well that's incredible that sounds really fun and and uh vic i know you've got an interesting one too you um you are beach combing but you're specifically looking with your metal detector for spanish gold uh, oh, yeah. in florida does that is that something you ever stumble across or i mean there was one time when I was six, hmm. I was with my dad, and he was like, listen, son, this is America, but the only currency that's actually worthwhile is Spanish gold. And I okay. said, okay, dad. And he found one, apparently, when he was a child. I haven't found one since, but, you know, love my old man. I'm not going to just let him down. Sure, sure. So is there any chance that the Spanish coin that your father found was something that, you know, sometimes, you know, dads and uncles and stuff will sort of slip a coin, you know, use like using sleight of hand to like excite a child. Is there any chance that he did that to sort of make you think there was Spanish gold on the beach like years and years ago? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, it seems like you're, are you all right? Uh, well, He's, you got I a mean, little choked up there. It would really suck if you did, you know? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Spend a lot of time on these beaches. I didn't mean to make you emotional or anything. Just to be clear, you, you so you've never found anything like a Spanish coin yourself? No, there's a lot of there's a lot of Dr. Pepper cans. Okay, sure. But I bet those no come Spanish up real fast with your metal detector, huh? Yeah, but if anyone knows where I could find some, you know, any, yeah. anyone listening out there, please, uh, you can you can catch me on Twitter at upchucks number one. Chuck's number one. You're yeah. not even the owner. You're just the manager of a Fort Lauderdale Upchucks. Well, I'm the best one. So they put me at number one. <laughs> I see. I see. So they assigned you the Twitter handle. <laughs> yes. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's incredible. I mean, I, I, I think the the bottom line here is that I really need to make it into Upchucks uh, for a drink and possibly to touch some other human beings and maybe Davy Ray will come along and, you know, we'll just commune together uh, and, and see where the night takes us and see if... Uh, See if we die. Yeah, yeah that's I've what never, it says. I, I never would have thought of going to a restaurant as like a thrill-seeking adventure, but it seems like that that's what people are doing these days. And yeah, I, I, I think it makes the food taste better, honestly. You know, it says right on our door before you walk in, no shirt, no shoes, no consideration for the lives of others. That's what we want. It doesn't say no service at the end of that. It's just it's right. telling we will, you we'll we'll give you better service. You if require you're that they people be shirtless and shoeless and have no concern for the lives shirtless, of others. Shirtless, shoeless, maskless, wow, moralless. I mean, just this come is, in, get in the mud pit, get your burgers. We're here for you. I hate to say it, Davy Ray, but it's snappier than the Potsdam motto. Hey, you know what? That's fair. 
I mean, that's fair. That just rolls off the tongue. The Potsdam motto, uh, you know, it's a little it circuitous. Roll. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, that's about all the time we have for today on The Corporation. I want to thank my guests for speaking with me and our listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and email me at deanardenfell at hotmail.com. And remember, Dean Ardenfell is not and has never been an employee of Hogswood Cooper Media or any of its subsidiaries. Cheers. <laughs>